Let me just read it. You can cut, right? No. The one where the union get dose of in Columbus. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> the union looked tired and lost at the end of a long week on the road. They end the night in third place in the East. Not much excitement in this one for us. But Ross and Rachel get in a fight and Joey eats food. <laughs> Hashtag dupe. <laughs> that was my best one. I'm so proud. Hey guys, Stupid Brothers Podcast here, presented by the Brotherly Game. This is me, AJ, here with... That's uh, me, Luke. It's September 30th. We're coming to you with episode number 36. Um, this episode 36 is going to represent, be named for the 2012 season point total. Um, yeah, there's no player that wore the number 36 at this to, till this moment. So uh, we found a stat using the number 36, and we just happened to get that many points in the year 2012. So let's talk about 2012 for a minute because that's what we should do. Uh, we didn't get our first win till the, fir- the fifth week of the season. That was against Columbus. Uh, the team was coached by Jack uh, John Hackfer- Hackworth. Whoops. <laughs> Hacka, Hacka. Uh, me and Luke are both sick right now, so... It's going to be a fun podcast. Fun podcast. <laughs> we're, we're not drinking. Um, the captain was Carlos Valdez, vice captain Brian Carroll. We had, looks like, one DP. It was Freddie Adu. Freddie Adu. So... Uh, who was our who was our goal scorer scoring champ that year? Uh, Jack McInerney. With how many? Eight, nine, eight, eight. Yep. Second place was six. Gabriel Gomez, and then we had Freddie with five, and Leonardo Pahoy with five. So pretty pretty low on the goals there. We actually had thirty six goals that year too. So that's that's fun. Oh yeah, so thirty six goals, thirty six points. Pretty crappy team. Um, <laughs> How many guys from that team are still with this team now? How many do you think? Um, well, I mean, Any? isn't Kanaka still a goalkeeper coach? Um, I think you're right. Uh, Chris Albright is with our team. Uh, and Ray Gaddis. And then, of course, Ray Gaddis still playing, still doing it. Uh, that year, he also had zero goals. So <laughs> he's keeping in that going. So let's get into what's going on with the Union in 2019, seven years later. Um, last Wednesday, we had a late night win against San Jose. We'll talk about that. We'll go through the Columbus Crap Fest that was over the weekend. Talk a little, little bit about playoffs, what we hope for. Um, and then after the second, the second half of the episode, we're going to talk about a little perspective. We're going to go back to some preseason predictions from the Brotherly Game and Friends. And we're going to preview our last regular season game of the year against NYCFC. So let's, I guess we'll start with, we'll go in chronological order. We'll start with San Jose. Yeah. Because that was the better of the two games. Yeah, that was the, the bright spot of the week. It started at like 11.15, yeah, really late game. All of was watching. But it was fun. It was a great, uh, yeah, it, it turned into a fun game. Yeah. It was uh, an interesting game. There's a lot of VAR uh, drama that act, that actually turned into our favor every time. Um, yeah, I can't say I remember many times where we can look back and say that we got the benefit of a doubt from a ref call or VAR. Usually yeah. it's like everyone... I feel every, like no one ever says that like the refs and VAR are ever on their side. Yeah, but, but this was definitely one of those definitely. games where we could clearly say that. 
Yeah, so we definitely benefited from that. And if if you're a San Jose fan, like you got to be really bummed yeah, after that game. Because these calls were very vital. Yeah, the first one and pulled like, back a goal on a smidge of an offside that well, it's not clear and obvious, which is right. like yeah, I mean, it was like his fumbles offsides, um, and that could that would that would have sealed their their. That's basically sealed the San Jose victory. They, they would have put them up 2-0. Uh, there's also, before that, there is the uh, the VAR for um, uh, Wagner's yellow, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where okay, yeah. He was, he was, they were wondering if he was the last man back. And it could have been a red, but they left it at, at a yellow, which that was probably pretty obvious. I, I think that was a good call. Yeah, there's, um, that wasn't super uh, controversial. But, again, another time that may have gone against us and they would have given us a red. Right. Yeah, so. like you could see why they're, they're obviously reviewing it for something. And so then... Um, the last VAR was the, the Colin, Colin PK call, which, like... I, you thought it was a PK. I, th- I like, if you're going to call that, like, it's hard to overturn that kind of call because, like, Colin wasn't near the ball. He was biting up the man, like, like not super viciously, but, like, he fell into the guy and like five feet from the ball, like that's going to be like, you're exposing yourself to getting a call. Yeah. I get that a call could be made, but I was on the side of, I did not think it was a PK. I don't think it was enough to be a PK. Um, again, it was kind of just falling into the guy trying to shield the ball out. And I think it was attempting to be a soccer move, then just lost balance. Nothing that I think would warrant enough of a PK call. I thought if, if it was a PK, I would have been bummed that it was so it would have been a weak one. Yeah, uh, but um, I don't know. I, I said my piece on that on Twitter, so yeah. I don't really want to get into it. Yeah. But it's like we, we got these calls, and we got the win. It was kind of like a, a, a one of those an, – another dramatic comeback win that we've seen a couple times this year. Uh, we got goals from Bedoya off of a pretty great Ray Gaddis assist. Yeah, you watch that, and you think it's uh – Montero or Fabian or a Fafa, some of the guys who are actually really fast on the team, but right. it's a great run by Ray and just kind of use speed to blow by the guy. Yeah. That, that's why he's in our offense. That's why he's our right <laughs> he's winger. Always up there trying something. And this is the one time it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was, it was a good cross. He like cut back. I, I love those cutback crosses to a guy like kind of making a late run into the box. Uh, Bedoya made a good finish through a couple of um, San Jose defenders and put us right back into the game. And then um, it was like 10 minutes later. Um, I think it was less than that. I think it was a... Uh, well, doesn't matter. Was, maybe less than 10 minutes sorry. later. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, Montero puts up a, a perfect cross right on Casper's head. He makes a pretty difficult header to get it uh, just past the San Jose goalkeeper to put us up 2-1. Two, two I think gives a, a death stare to Florian Youngworth, the, the, the San Jose defender uh, that he, he was battling the whole game. Oh, nice. I didn't, I didn't notice that. Oh yeah, it was the, Cas- the, the Casper deaths there. Yeah, it was wow. pretty, pretty intimidating because they yeah, they were going at it and they were yeah. they were uh, saying some some words to each other. But and he, I think he got the best of them with that goal. Dude, Casper was getting into it last night with uh, Columbus defenders, but yeah. we'll get into that. Uh-huh. So I didn't think Montero. So Montero had the assist on that one, and I was really happy he played that ball because all night I felt like he was. It's kind of been a recent trend. I don't think he's been as good as he was to start the year. I think he's just, I feel like someone else, another podcast talks about like players trying too hard. Just like he's not doing the simple things that are like clear and obviously there. Like, hey, make that drop pass, then move. But he'll try to do a spin move or an extra two touches and then lose the ball when sometimes we just need to 
to make the simple play. And so or he'll that, be like too aggressive to try to get the ball back uh, like defensively. And then we're out of position or something mm-hmm. or um, there's a gap behind him. But yeah, so there he, he received the ball on the outside and kind of just picked up his head, saw Casper making a run and played a simple ball into the middle. And it was a great, it was a great cross, great finish. Uh, some, but yeah, sometimes it's just got to keep it simple. He's so talented and we need him to be playing as good as he can for us to, I don't know, be as good as we can when, right. he, when he's yeah, not I think, firing. Like, I feel like it definitely slows down the rest of our team. Yeah. I think like when we were in first in the, in the East for, for that stretch, I think like he was our best player and he was playing his best. Like he, it was really, um. I don't know. They they went hand in hand. Like our our the the team's uh, performances and uh, and Montero's performances. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Chris Wondolowski was not in the game. He had a red card, um, and yet he was the most annoying person <laughs> player on in the game. Truth, dude. <laughs> like they and I and as soon as you like saw him in the supporter section, you knew MLS was going to be all oh over that. God, yeah. And then when they scored and he takes off his shirt, you're just like, oh, that's gonna we're gonna see that forever. So I'm so glad we won that game. Right. So like we could just like kind of write that off and be like, whatever we won, who cares? Yeah. But that was they showed him like 50 times this game. Yeah, that, that was, was ridiculous. Yeah. And you know they're still they're gonna milk that for like that's that's a clip that's gonna hang around for for a good amount of time. Yeah, like part of me hopes they don't make the playoffs and that that's all they have. Like <laughs> that's cool. You had that celebration from that season. You missed the playoffs because yeah. the Union beat you late in the season. Yeah, enjoy. Um, it's so that game. I think I'm still tired from staying up for because I was so late. Yeah, that game was super super late. And then Columbus was delayed. Was like, <laughs> yeah, so I think it was just a, a rough rough uh, game watching. Uh, week yeah so if you go and watch the columbus game um we well we just watched we watched the uh highlights and it's kind of fun the game starts oh and and we we sucked i mean there's no doubt about it it was a really boring crappy columbus versus game versus columbus which i feel like we always have yeah but the first touch of the game we gave the ball away it like, like it went oh, to yeah. harris and then he played it really like a it hospital was a, it ball. was a soft pass to Wagner who was like running away from it and then Columbus like went on a counter just like took the ball went on a counter and it was like it just kind of set the tone like this is how this game's gonna yeah, be yeah like oh boy our best passer just blew his first pass of the game yeah. um, and so if you go to the highlights uh, they don't really show that but uh, they show the initial kickoff and then it jumps to 50 minutes in the game. Right. Because nothing happened for the first half and that was like two hours after kickoff right yeah because <laughs> of the rain delay yeah so if you stuck it out, um, shame on you because yeah, you should have done better. Uh, There's just, yeah, the team looked very tired. Right. Yeah, and I feel like yeah. in our last podcast we talked about the this point that Bobby Warshaw made that uh, the Union have been a super successful team when they are, like, just go after it in the field, on Lincoln Field and just try to, like, press the other team off the field, basically, and just really, like, are intense and, and fierce. And this... In this game, we saw none of that. None of it. There yeah. was, like, no intensity. I didn't really see – like, no player really stuck out to me as a guy who was someone who wanted – looked like they wanted to win. I mean, of course, they all wanted to. I'm not going to say players But they looked they look sluggish. Yeah. And I guess – I mean, there it was the third game in eight days. Uh, they didn't charter and all that stuff. But, like, yeah, it's really discouraging to see from a, a team that – has done so well this year. Yeah, and 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 like with the the, the delay, we, we were able to see that New England won and Montreal tied against 
uh, NYC and Atlanta. So, like, we had the opportunity, like, oh, this is all lining up perfectly. We know what we need. We know exactly what we need to do. But the guys just just, didn't happen. They just couldn't get moving. And so do you think Jim should have rotated the squad a lot more? Like, would you have preferred to see... I mean, Grant hindsight's twenty twenty. Sure. At first, when I saw the starting lap, I was like, "Ooh, like we're going after this. We're not, we're not, you know, resting guys. We're going to try to win this." But now looking back, I'm thinking, like, you know, maybe. I mean, looking at it, I don't know how much um, rotation I maybe I wanted to see, or how much more rotation I wanted to see. But I, I think, like looking back at it now, I want, I think playing a four four two against Columbus would have been a way more effective style. Being like that, we it, that kind of like that. Because that's kind of more of a, a pressing formation, and, and us doing that would have like kind of woke us up and put us into the game a, a lot, uh, a lot easier than than what we were trying to do, and uh, in, in, like on on Sunday. Yeah, looking back and having the hindsight, I, I think you should have just rested a bunch of guys and played guys like Fontana and I, I don't know, like, but Santos and, and, and oh, Santos is injured. Oh yeah, Fabian, um, Vuitton. Food and get get those guys in. Get them just guys who are ready to run. I mean, we always we've seen Fontana a handful of times come in, and the guy just has energy. He wants to go, and I think he would have been a good player to come in. And I don't know, get get himself a start. Be difficult on Columbus, and but again, when I first saw the lineup, I was excited. I thought we were we were ready to go, but yeah. And even with that, with the lineup we had, and with the kind of fatigue we had, I still think we should have been able to beat Columbus team that. Was had nothing to play for and hasn't had the best of seasons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the biggest uh, kind of blows in this game were uh, Bedoya getting injured in the first half and had to come off. Yeah, uh, it's it was a they said it was a, it was a quad strain. So hopefully that means it's not like a a pull or a tear, and then he can you know come back next week and he'll be fine. But that's that. I mean that also kind of took us out of the game, like not having Bedoya, our, our midfield engine, our captain on the field that's i mean that changes the entire perspective on the game yeah really really need him to hopefully heal quickly i mean he did not it didn't look good it was not a contact injury uh and and it it all depends i mean we we're recording you know 24 hours after the game so we haven't heard all the details on how severe it is but right. it could be a week or two rest or it could take much longer depending on the severity so we're definitely hoping for the best. Uh, Mark McKenzie was back, so that was a good that was a good sign. Yeah, after being hurt last just just a week ago against right. Red Bull, right? And yeah, and, and I mean he he looked fit. He didn't look mm-hmm. like he was laboring on his on his uh, his injuries. So that's that's a good sign. Uh, hopefully Santos comes back soon, uh, and then like and and Bedoya because uh, other than that we're, we have a full full strength roster, and that's kind of what we want going to this this new playoff format where like it could be a lot of games in a short amount of time right hopefully before the uh international break um in this game there was a a little bit of fight but not like soccer style um casper just kept getting into like shoving matches with guys and yeah. despite us not playing well at least like showed maybe something maybe um, it may have just been tiredness and frustration that he was showing but it was showing something. I mean, I think it's part of that, but I think it's also it seems to be kind of like Casper's uh, style. Like, cause in the San Jose game, he was really he was get, getting at, at at it with uh, with Youngworth, and yeah, again, then again against Columbus, I think that's just kind of like the kind of I don't know. He wants to be that kind of nuisance to uh, 
to, to, to center backs and uh, really gets in their head. And it's kind of fun to watch. It's, it's fun to have that guy on your team, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, after this game, there was a, a, a lot of negative reactions, which is fair. Yeah. I mean, after that game, no, you're not really going to be psyched. And we weren't, right. obviously we weren't happy about this game. Yeah, so it definitely sucked. Uh, some of I would definitely say some overreactions through uh, social media that we saw. Yeah. Um, we're going to do a little bit of a perspective segment after the ad, after the break. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it is tough to win in San Jose and be pumped. That's such a good win. But then four days later, put up a performance like this. Good news is we haven't lost two in a row all year since, well, since the first two weeks of the year. Right. Um so following that pattern, we should be good for this upcoming game. Yeah. Because and we I, always are up for the big games at NYC, mm-hmm. even though there's less to play for, it's still going to be a big game. Right. Um, other than last week against Red Bull. Yeah. But I feel like that's still not like, it, like I'm talking about like Atlanta, Atlanta LAFC, LAFC, like those the are good, like the, the, the big, teams. big, like top, yeah. top tier teams that we were up for. Show them that that's, that's the tier that we're and it, And it's another, it's also a home game that like, mm-hmm. that's something that we're always are, are up for. So I, I, I think we still should be uh, looking forward to a big, a better performance against NYC to close out the season. Yeah. Stay tuned for our predictions on that one. Yeah. But there were, well, yeah. Yeah. But back to your point, there was a lot of overreaction oh, yeah. from the Columbus game. That was, I mean, I pretty like severe. Like I've I, yeah. like people saying the entire year is a waste and that the, what's the point anymore? Yeah, um, like, this entire team needs to be like blown up from the inside out. Just, I mean, those are the reactions you get. Like what, like it's like for Columbus, right? Like, yeah. it's when you're like a team that's not in it and like you're, you, you'd expect you to have nothing to play for. Like we're going to have a home playoff game. That's like, obviously we're not, in the best of forms and uh, currently, but that doesn't mean like we don't have a lot to be proud of and, uh, and still a lot to play for. And we did just beat a Western conference team on the road midweek. Yeah. Like I, it's just funny how quickly people forgot. Oh, maybe they didn't even know what happened. It happened. <laughs> it was so late. It, that, so that, maybe they possible. didn't even, maybe they thought it was just a friendly or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I get it, but we'll, we gotta remember where we are at. Yeah, you know? yeah, we're, we're we still we're still a lot to be excited about with this team, and uh, and become, I mean, it's like it's almost like I'm almost bummed that this season's like coming to an end, right? Like this has been such a fun year to watch this team. It's been like the most fun year to be a Union fan. Like it sucks to lose games, but like look at the big picture. Like look at where we are this year. Like it's it's so fun. This team is a really fun team to watch. Like. The home games have been, like, incredible experiences and atmospheres. Like, we have so much to, like, kind of, like, be thankful for with this team. Like, we were in a, we're in a good spot still. Yeah, yeah. Because it was definitely kind of telling that after the Columbus game, the Columbus players, that was their last home game. So they went over to their supporters, uh-huh. and they all, like, sang a song together. And it was just kind of like, oh, man, yeah, that's that sucks for Columbus. Like, their fans are not going to see their team again at home. Right. Like, like that was it. They were saying goodbye to their team. Yeah. They still have to watch one more game, but it's on the road. But it means nothing for it them. It means nothing. So that's yeah. kind of it. So, yeah, we're in a good spot. Our team's still in it. We uh, get to see our team play at home at least two more times. And um, hopefully more. Yeah, hopefully more. So let's go on to the next segment. Well, any, anything else we want to touch on from those two games? Union best, union worst. Two games. Let's do it. Two players. Who was the best? Who was the worst? You want me to go? You want to go? Um, you you go. Give me okay. give me one of them. 
I'll give you my Union best. Union best. Who you uh, got? I'm going to go with Casper. Okay. He scored the game-winning goal against San Jose. And just like the, the things to talk about, like his, his fierceness, he's his, uh, I don't know, his aggressiveness against these defenders and being that kind of striker that we can uh, still basically rely on in, in games uh, is, is pretty important to have. Nice. Um, I'll go with the other goal scorer from that game, Bedoya. Now, nice. I know he went down in the Columbus game. Obviously, so San Jose led his team to a victory, scoring an important goal yeah. um, to tie it up, and then obviously won it. Against Columbus, he goes down hurt. Um, but I almost feel like this, this might be weird and not direct, but I almost feel like in the big picture, him getting hurt might help future MLS, future union teams, and the fact that he's always been an advocate for improving um, kind of the conditions for MLS players, mm. such as charter flights and stuff. And he earlier in the year talked about the poor uh, conditions of the travel that the team was facing. And so him getting hurt might indirectly be because they didn't charter a flight and that they've been traveling a lot this week. And so I wonder if he might use that as a platform, maybe up front, maybe in behind closed doors to say, hey, like, I don't want to call you out, but my injury could have been prevented if we had a little better measures within the travel within MLS. And so that's why I think he, he's my union best for the week, a goal and maybe something bigger off the field. Nice. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, who's your worst? Um, so I was going to go with Montero. Okay. Um, just because uh, I, I feel like we, we did this, like we've said this, we've been saying this a couple of times uh, the past couple of episodes. Yeah, it's a shame. He's just... Not playing to his full potential, and mm-hmm. and he is like I I've, I said it recently. Like he's just that key player that when he's at his top of his game, we could we're just such a better team. And so with that, like earlier in the year, there's all this talks about his contract and stuff, and mm-hmm. we, we wanted to lock him in. Is he still super duper necessary to lock in for next year? I mean, he, maybe he's not like the like the like top tier like golden answer that we that we need or you know like perfect signing that we need um but like he's still i mean he's still an incredibly talented player that like one of the best players we've ever had like i feel like he has that kind of potential so maybe maybe it's you know it's still like a new new year to him or like this end of the year like season maybe, like maybe he's, he's also his, his fitness fatigued, might be a little right? a little a little not not 100 so maybe there's something there but um yeah, because he he wasn't playing at a Mets where he was, if I remember correctly. So yeah. maybe and his. like all the European seasons are like it's opposite. So maybe this is like right. a, a big adjustment to him. So I, I don't know. Maybe there's stuff there, but I I mean, I'm still believing him. It's just that he had some rough performances recently. Yeah, I just wonder how much this kind of lack in form these past few weeks and come down the stretch might impact his contract situation yeah. going into. It the might make season. it more affordable for us. That's so, true. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might less desirable from an overseas team too. He yeah. might not have offers like he would have if he continued playing at the high level he was. Right. Um speaking of a guy not getting offers from overseas, I believe due to some a drop in form. It's Blake. He's mm-hmm. gonna be my worst. Yeah. Uh I I can't even remember the San Jose goal at this point. Um uh, it was a pretty typical uh it oh, wasn't really yeah, on him. down the line cut back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing could do there. Um, but then the Columbus goals, both of them, I felt like he could have done a little bit better on mm-hmm. the ball. Both, both of them came through a crowd of players. So I'll give him that. But the first one he got a hand on and it was like right underneath him. Um, like I almost feel like if he tried to do a kick save, not really his style, but a kick save would have been 
effective. The second one, he punched the ball off of a corner, but it was kind of down the middle, and it barely left the 18. Then he was to the left of the goal. He wasn't really in a good position, and and the ball came through a crowd, and again, he was he was diving to his right to save a ball that kind of went down the middle of the goal. So I think his positioning and his punch there overall kind of cost us a little bit. Um, he did have some good saves between both games. He definitely had some moments, but I think overall he also kind of cost us those goals. And going back to the Red Bull game, he cost us a goal there. So it's kind of been a couple couple of uh, weeks where I want a little more from him. Yeah, that's that's fair. All right, so we're going we're going to look at the playoff situation right now, and we're kind of at the same spot where. Uh, this time last week. So we are at currently, if the playoffs ended right now, or the playoffs started right now, uh, we would be hosting Toronto, and the, and we'll have the, the third seed. They will be the sixth seed. And then it would be Atlanta against uh, New England. Which they play this week. So they, also, yeah, they play this week, so that could be that'd a be interesting preview of that yeah. matchup. How they, how they both approach that game. Yeah, which is like what we did with NYC last year. Yeah. Which yeah. is odd. Um, and, and they both play in football stadiums. NYCFC plays in a baseball stadium. Oh, what the? What's going on? <laughs> um, so, yeah, we played uh, right now. It looks like we might play Toronto, but things could definitely shake up. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, variations of things that could happen. We could be playing one of New England, Toronto, Red Bulls, and D.C., um, depending on the results that happen in uh, Decision Day. But it, it seems most likely we'll have Toronto, then like possibly New England, and then slim chance of Red Bull, then like slim a chance of DC. It seems like that's like what we saw to be like the, the most likely breakdown. An interesting thing that you kind of mentioned uh, was this week if if we want to root for New England to beat Atlanta, and we get a result, so we'll finish second place. But then we could potentially end up facing New England. Although I guess if they beat Atlanta, they might move up. Potentially. I think other results would have to happen, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so we could be rooting against New England to beat Atlanta so that we could move up to the only two seed to play, play potentially New England, England who, who just beat NYCFC and Atlanta. And so you might not want to face them after all. Yeah. So, they, yeah, they'd be in a really good, uh, good form. So, yeah, so I don't know what exactly we, we want to, to, you know, to define the weakest team to play because it seems like... They're in a good run of form. Toronto's in a, in a good run of form. Right. Yeah, it's funny. Last last week I was saying, like, we kind of went through some of the teams we might play, and they all kind of sucked. But yeah. now after this year or this week where things kind of – teams clinched, it's like, oh, wait. They're decent. They're good. New yeah. England's in good form. Toronto's in good form. D.C. just posted their fourth straight shutout uh, in a 0-0 tie with Red Bull. And uh, Red Bull beat us last week, so – Turns out we don't want to play any of these teams. Yeah, but that's 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 why they're in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean that's, that's why we're in the playoffs. It's not going to be easy. Like it's not like we're going to be playing Cincinnati or anything. Like it's going to be quality teams. And no one's looking to come to Talon. No one's excited exactly. about that. Yeah, like yeah. It, no matter who we play in this first round, we're still the favorite by you know, pretty easily. And then uh, yeah, if if Atlanta gets upset, then we would host the second playoff game, which would be pretty dope. Pretty dope. Um, cool. So I think that covers everything we need to cover for what's going on this week. Uh, we're going to take a break. After the break, we're going to talk about some funny little preseason predictions we made. Uh, they seem funny now. Brilliant then. 
<laughs> uh, and we'll preview the game on Sunday. So come back after this. Cool. Hey, guys. To be Brothers Podcast here. Thanks for listening. We're going to get into a little bit of a perspective segment. This comes after the overreactions from the Columbus game. Um, we are kind of talking about how we're in a good spot, just in the big sense of Philadelphia Union world. Uh, after watching Columbus say goodbye to their fans and all. And so kind of the best way for me to think about doing this is to go back to what we thought about the team about six months ago. And so I pulled up the brotherly game, bold and not so bold predictions that we made to start the year. And they're pretty funny. So I want to want to read through some and uh, we'll, we'll kind of talk about what happened, what went right, what went wrong. Um, how dumb Luke is and his prediction. Hey, wait, come on. <laughs> how smart I am. <laughs> um, so, brother, the game had bold and not so bold predictions. Bold, uh, you want to be pretty specific, aggressive, confident, potentially. So here, here are some of the the good ones. Then we'll get into me and Luke's. Um, uh, let's see, transferring Andre Blake to the EPL since we're confident in Cornell. Um, a lot of Union get a home playoff game. McKenzie becomes the Union's largest sale in the summer. Santos scores 10. Uh, let's see. There's, I feel like there's a couple Santos ones. Santos breaks the franchise single season scoring record. US, op- uh, U.S. Open Cup champions. A game at Yankee State. A win at Yankee Stadium. And another home playoff game. Uh, so... Yeah, some more home playoff games that we were winning. So those were some of the bold predictions from some of the, the uh, staff at Brotherly Game. I'm going to tell you mine right now. I'm pretty proud of this one. My bold prediction was we finished third in the East. That sounds Not bad. Good. Not bad. Uh, we make it to the conference finals. Yeah. Could do it. Uh-huh. Beat Atlanta and PKs. That can't happen in the conference finals based on seeding. Um. And then we lose MLS final to Sporting Kansas City. I can't believe I said that's that where you drop it off. I that's, can't. Yeah, I like, can't believe I said we were going to lose. They looked really good in the beginning of the year, though. Yeah, I just, I just can't believe I'd ever say we'd lose a game. Oh, that's, that's, that's yeah, that, that is weird. You, you I'm never embarrassed. Say that. I'm embarrassed. But yeah, Kansas City's knocked out of the playoffs. So, um, not, not a bad prediction for myself. Nice. Luke, talk about your crappy one. Uh, no, no, I don't want to. <laughs> I'm don't just kidding. Pass. Uh, no, so I um. My bolder prediction was that Santos would score 20 goals. A uh, little off. A little off, but in fairness, Santos, at the time we all made these predictions, was our big signing. Yeah. He was a big... Uh, I mean, 20 goals is probably, a, even even for a bold prediction, it's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's what bold predictions are. Yeah, it was fun. Um, I also said Aronson would get eight combined goals and assists. Which not... He's got five, three goals, two assists. So not, not an awful one, especially for a guy who... Like Eight. unknown kind yeah. of player, first uh, first professional year. Yeah, um, and then that we would win Open Cup, which was pretty off. So, but yeah. you know, not not bad. Pretty K- fun. Kind of one for three ish. Yeah, I'd say I'd, I'd be about the same. So, uh, fun reading those. Then there were some not so bold ones where people kind of said kind of what they really kind of truly expected. Um, and so. One of the first one that jumped off to me was uh, Corey Burke will lead the team in goals. I think that's funny because that's obviously. Well, I mean, you could have predicted that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he a, still. I mean, he could have. Um, 
Uh, Fabian has the highest combined goals assists. Fafa leads team in goals. Marco Fabian will lead the team to his first playoff win. Union finished six in the East. Uh, Marco Fabian takes MLS by storm and is an MVP candidate. I feel like that's a pretty bold one. Yeah. Um, Union finished fifth. Uh, so what was yours? So, and then another Union finished fifth and eighth, somewhere in there. So everyone's kind of thinking we're finishing mid-table. Mine, not so bold. What I kind of truly thought was Union would finish sixth in the East and lose 4-0 to Atlanta in the first round of the playoffs. Hmm. Again, I... You targeted Atlanta. Yeah. And what was your... So I said our fullbacks are proved to be the weak- weakness. We suspect they will be. I was half right. <laughs> and we will struggle for the seventh playoff spot, which was, you know, we're not doing that. Right. So both of us expected the Union, or as a not bold prediction, yeah, to, to be... squeak it to the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, kind of pretty on the road. Union season. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what a lot of the staff kind of thought, like kind of just middle of the middle of the table, not really challenging too too much at the top. Uh, Phil Moore, you had some good ones. Uh, oh yeah, Phil, we didn't nailed it. It wasn't his. Uh, they were they're too good to talk about on this because uh, he's gonna make us feel bad. But <laughs> he may have mentioned Union finishing third in the East while having the highest point total and goal differential ever, and he also included win their first playoff game. So that's gonna happen. So Phil's a genius, Phil. Way to go, man. Way to go. <laughs> um, so you can see right now, obviously, we're outperforming what a lot of us originally thought. We're right. kind of performing in the bold section of the predictions, more towards the bold idea of where our season has gone, not really what was expected. So props to the union on that one. Um, looking at stats like 538, where they originally had the Union finishing in the East was, what did I say, one, two, three, four, five, six in the East. At, in the beginning of the year, they had us predicted to be just six with only a, a 64% chance of making the playoffs. Um, and so sitting on 49 points, that's what they predicted mm-hmm. us as. Again, Outperform that. That's and that's a pretty good stat site. Everything else is pretty accurate from them. Atlanta, Red Bull, NYC, FC up top, Toronto in there. Columbus and DC would be the only teams I would swap. They they had Columbus in and DC out. Hmm. So flipping those two. So again, but, outperforming what we thought about six months ago. Yeah. So basically, I mean, we obviously had a great year, and we kind of saw that like as the year transpired that we were jumping up to first. And so I think a lot of people like kind of the our expectations like we kind of like moved the goalposts of what we thought the season could be, but it also like shows this like this segment shows like we're a lot better than we thought we were gonna be, which is pretty cool to see. Um, and we should I don't know maybe just take yeah, just kind of have some perspective on that. It's good that people care so much that like again we've talked about this before that. If we weren't doing so well, like if and we keep going back to Columbus, but if we were in Columbus's shoes right now, I don't think people would be that aggressive after a loss. I don't think they'd be that yeah. uh, pissed off for losing or a two nothing game to a playoff team. Um, I, yeah, I, I just feel like we're so everyone's so invested right now because the team's really given us something to root for. Uh, the team's filling the stadium week to week and competing with the best teams in the league. So when you do have a loss. Yeah, people are going to take it a little harder. To like, what the frick was that? That's not. That's not what we're supposed to do, right? And it's frustrating to see that like people get down on this team because we're we're so 
invested in this team, but it's also like that that just shows that they are too. And that shows that like we're all like really just thinking this team is is gonna be or I don't know. I always I always I I've been saying this a lot this year. Like this is a team that feels different than previous years. So I think we were just trying to prove that every week that like this is a team that can get this these results and can get that first playoff win and, and can compete with the the rest of the league. Yeah. So we're in the bold area. Let's let's keep it going. So the pigeons come to town. Yeah, it's the, the finale, the, the season finale. It's bat day. <laughs> what? How in baseball? They I don't know. <laughs> Bring your bits. Bring your bits. Uh, the baseball team is coming. Um, so they they're locked in. Yeah, they don't really have much to. They can't gain or lose anything at this point, right? Other than players to injury or players to form. So will they rest guys? I, yeah, I don't know because it's like you don't want to go into the playoffs like on an uneven or like with question marks like about your your uh, current performance and current like you know form. So I don't know how much they want to like take the foot off the gas, being that like the playoffs are are you know right there. So I I feel like they probably won't rest too many guys, even though there's there's not much to play for, and they're playing against a team that could potentially be an opponent in the in the in future playoff rounds. So I, but I feel like this is kind of be more of like a, I don't know. I kind of see it as like a playoff like dress rehearsal. Like these two teams that are are locked in the playoffs, they are potentially going to see each other in the playoffs. I feel like it's going to feel like a playoff game. Like even though there's less to play for, and that um, even we have, we're we're playing for seeding, but we're still kind of locked into a home playoff game. We're still going to play this game as as an intense like playoff like game. Right, and and looking at the playoff schedule, so. Yeah, they don't have anything to play for, but if you were to rest, I don't know, Aber or Maturita or any of their like guys, then that would be another week. That would be a week off, and then they're not playing a playoff game until October twenty third or twenty fourth. Yes, that's like was it two and a half weeks? Yeah, two and a half weeks from decision day. So I assume they're going to just play guys, and then they have plenty of time to rest. I mean, even the Union are going to have two weeks to rest before their first playoff game. Right, yeah. So there's no, I mean, no unless there's guys that are, like, questionably healthy, like, going into this game, there's no reason to rest anyone for yeah. on either, either side. So this is going to be a, a game that both teams should be should be up for. It should be a really intense game. And I, I don't know, hopefully this isn't I, in the last time we see this team this year. I mean, I, I hope it's the last time I see them. But, like, if we see them again, that means we're playing at the baseball field. Sure, I, I but, like, we could them. also, like, you know right some wrongs from last year and, and really, you know, get over that hump and beat them there. Yeah, that's true. That'd be pretty, that'd be like the best way to do it. No, the best way to do it would be at home against someone else. DC. DC. <laughs> I'd love to beat DC at home in the, yeah. in the conference sure. championship. Yeah, but you, I mean, we want to like show that we're better than all the best teams in the league. So that'd be, they're one of them. So yeah. I, I'd, I'd want to beat them. I want to beat them in this game. I want to beat them in the playoffs. Like, I don't, I don't care who we play in the playoffs. I want to beat them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I yeah, I think it would be awesome if they lost first round, got knocked out at their stupid baseball. I, I mean, it'd be best for the league. No one wants to, to deal yeah. with the Yankees scheduling the playoffs and in, in the and this baseball field uh, for MLS playoffs. Yeah. Even the Columbus announcers are talking about that. It was like they're just saying that was stupid, um, in announcer ways. But that's basically <laughs> that basically summed up what they were they were saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so dumb that the league. We were talking about this at our game, like. 
the league should just say, fine, you want to play your regular season at a stupid baseball field, that's fine. But come playoffs, we're playing on soccer fields, and you got to figure it out. Like, this yeah, is ridiculous. I that, mean, the playoffs are a showcase for the league, basically. Yeah. And there's going to be eyeballs on these games that aren't, you know, regular MLS fans. Like, seeing a game, a, a, a huge playoff game on a baseball field that's not regulation, that's a really, that's a, just a bad look. Yeah. Yeah, the visuals of it are bad. The The whole turf on top of the infield is bad for players and the atmosphere looks bad like you can't like hear the fans because they're all like dispersed in weird like corners of the baseball field it's just just they give you that weird camera angle from behind the goal i hate it you hated it i I uh, yeah i'll just i'm just gonna say i hated it because yeah after that um they're and they're getting their ccl they got their ccl berth so they'll get to host some games there but oh, this yeah. is mls man let's 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 play on soccer fields and so i i hope they just get knocked out and it's like screw you guys and let's play soccer on soccer fields yeah um so what are your predictions for this game uh let's see um i think what i'm going to first off is is where bedoya is at um i don't think we see him so I'm thinking about the lineup and how we're gonna play. Mm-hmm. I I could see us. Um, I'll go four four two. I'll go. Defense is the same. Um, I, I guess Blake stays in. I guess you're not taking him <laughs> out at this point. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'm sometimes. Uh, yeah. If it was like a month ago, I'd say maybe give give him a break and get let him watch the game a little bit. Hmm. Um. So my midfield would be Harris. Aronson, Montero, Fabian at the 10. Yeah, I'd say Fabian at the 10. Nah, 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 I'm kind of talking myself out of it. I'm going to go, nope, going 4 2 3 1. Here's okay. what I'm done. I'm going to go Montero next to Harris sitting. I liked when they did that. And then have Aronson, Fafa, and nah, go Fabian at the 10 with Casper up top. Hmm. Okay. You you put together a four four two. Oh yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to okay. do anyway. Yeah, so I'll do yeah same defense, same go, same Blake, same Blake, <laughs> same Blake, and then uh, and the midfield diamond. I was gonna go Harris, uh, and I was gonna go Montero, Aronson, Fabian. Okay, I think uh, like what you said, but like I also think that's like that's where Montero was playing his his best form in that in that shuttle that role, right? Yeah, yeah, he was because he was he was yeah. in place of Aronson in, for in that right. in that streak during the, during the regular season. So I think like putting him back in that shoulder role would be, I don't know, give maybe give him more confidence, make him more comfort on the field, and maybe he can find that form again, and then get Fabian some some run out. I think he's he's due. I I don't know, like get him out there. He's he's a good player. We kind of need to see something from him. Yeah, he. Yeah, I suppose I can't tell if he's in shape or not. Yeah, <laughs> that's true too. Yeah, I don't know. It. It's tough to tell. Sometimes he looks like he's just kind of lollygagging it's, out there, and it he looks does, sick. It seems like know. this. He kind of knows it's, he's not going to be yeah. back this, next year, so that's discouraging. But hopefully, he can, he can give us some moments to close out the year or something. But imagine uh, if imagine if they make the announcement that they are re-signing him for next year. How weird would that be? I mean, they're not, so we don't have to talk about it. But yeah, let's not. Let's okay, not, hypothetically, <laughs> get into that. <laughs> But um, yeah, so I would put those in the in the diamond. Then I put I would put Fafa and uh, and Shibilko on the uh, the two strikers. Mm-hmm. I I would like to see Vuton and uh, Shibilko just because I think they they have a good they could have a good partnership. I think they played together really well like in that the DC away game, um, and I think 
How weird is it that we haven't really, really, we still don't really know what Vooten is. I know, yeah, but like he seems like he can be a good striker. I think it's it is tough to be a midseason signing in this league. So I think next year we can see we'll definitely see a lot more from him if he stays with the team. Yeah, it's just but, been just been odd. He's I just feel like yeah. I think but, out of curiosity, I'd like to see him start the game. But I think realistically, I think Fafa and mm-hmm. and Chiboko would uh, get the start if if we do play four four two. Now Fafa this this past week. Gosh, he he just he 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 messes with me, man. Like sometimes I'm like, all right, Fafa, you're you're working. He works so hard up and back. He gets uh, in the right positions defensively and offensively. He creates chances. Yeah, but then there's just times where like the ball will come to him and he let it go under his foot out for a throwing. Yeah, and or he'll his shots just, aren't his finishing isn't great. Yeah, or he'll just miss miss control a ball and it's turned over and you just see Bedoya's body. I I feel. <laughs> I just every time Fafa makes a mistake, my eyes go straight to Bedoya. <laughs> I just feel like every time he does, Bedoya's like right there, like oh come on, yeah. throw his hands in the air. And, yeah. yeah. Um, but then there's times like like uh, against Columbus, he made this awesome hustle play back, won the ball, and then had a Columbus defender right in front of him and just kind of scooped the ball to the right and went right around him. The Columbus defender fell flat on his butt. It was a great highlight put out by the team, but it was <laughs> and one of my favorite tweets from. Uh, we were covering the game for a brotherly game. Someone asked. <laughs> uh, they said, oh, "What they say?" Uh, they said, "Did anyone get that on camera?" Did they, yeah, did anyone get that on? Did anyone get that on video? I think it was. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it, it's a nationally tele or it's a game on. That's, film. Like, that's like, how we're watching it. Yeah, like, like unless you were there and like you didn't <laughs> notice a camera. I don't know. It was funny. <laughs> um. Anyway, sorry if that was you and you're listening, but. Tweet smarter. <laughs> what what's your prediction for the NYCFC game? Um, I was gonna say three uh, one win. Three one win. Yeah, that's like what I've said for the past nine weeks. Yeah, I feel it like it's a pretty common prediction. Three one or two one. Yeah. All right. Because uh, we, we actually like side note, we haven't had a Shetta in a while. Yeah, that's what I was gonna that's, predict. It's kind of concerning. Two zero. I'm going two okay. zero. Uh, despite my criticisms of Blake and not thinking he's playing well, I think I think the team's gonna put up a shutout. I don't think NYC is going to come out that strong. They don't really have much to play with. I think they'll mm-hmm. be going through the the motions. Yeah, and I I think we'll get. I think Casper will will his next goal tie CJ. Is that right? He's at yeah. six, sixteen right now. Fifteen, sixteen. He's at fifteen right now. So I think his next one will tie CJ, and I'll go. I'll go Casper and uh who 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 else? Uh, we'll go. Yeah, Aronson. I'll nice. go with the kid. Cool. And who who's gonna score your three goals? So I have three. So um, yeah, I'll say Casper. Okay. I will say. Um, let's see. Harris gets one. Harris, how cool! Yeah, and then Elliot's gonna get one. Elliot, yeah, I love he, a defender's goal. He gets up there, right? Uh, more more than you kind of think. Yeah, it's not just like set 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 pieces. But yeah, he'll get in there. Not yeah. not as much as Ray, which <laughs> Ray is up there, man. It's like it's it's something that's like it's in his contract that like he has to get a goal this year or he's not coming back. Right. Like, so he's just <laughs> always up there trying to, but it's just not gonna. I don't know. Like it could. It, yeah, I Tal- believe Tallahassee Union put out the tweet. Uh, um, that may be my favorite. From I'm not gonna be able to find it right now, but uh, they said. Something about Ray, for the lack of his offensive abilities, he is way too involved in in the union offense. The union offense, and and that's that's it right there. I mean, he is always 
like ahead of the midfielders. He's yeah. up on that front line so often for a guy who hasn't provided for us. He I doesn't mean, have offensive abilities. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's it's odd. I don't know. Although he had that assist against San Jose. Yeah, but that that didn't really come from that kind of position. Like Where he kind of like ran like went around the edge. Like I, I don't know. I feel like so so much so often we see him kind of like up like inside of like the full, the other team's fullback yeah, and it's like yeah, what is more on the inside where, and not on the outside yeah you're not yeah. gonna that's not where you're supposed to be man <laughs> yeah but yeah he's been doing that um but again the, like that might be a not so dangerous place for him to lose the ball if he gets that's the ball that's fair that's fair so i just feel just... like Curran would be like all over him like he, that that looks like he's so out of position yeah and as a, as a coach who is a defender like he sh- i feel like he would just be like irate seeing that i don't know yeah really curious what they what they tell him, or maybe they just like stop telling him stuff. Maybe they're just like, you know what? Let's just let's see just what happens. See, let's just see what's going to happen here. <laughs> this let's, is interesting. Yeah, this is, he's he's been playing for a while. I think he knows what he's doing. Um, but does he? Though it does he. Anyway, there's a nice Ray Gaddis rant. You get one <laughs> weekly. Uh, well, guys, that's all for us. Thanks yeah. for listening. Um, Next week, I think we're gonna do a quick. Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna be have a uh, like a quick recap after the NYC game. So we should have a, maybe an earlier podcast coming out next week, like right after the NYC game to recap that. A decision day podcast. Yeah, Check and then out. we'll have like a we have some time before the the playoff game, so we'll have a lot of time to to work up a, a preview podcast for that. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be freaking awesome because you know how we are with our predictions and stuff and uh, break yeah. down teams. So yeah, that's what we're known for. That's what that's it. So. <laughs> Yeah, so Sunday night we'll be podcasting, and then yeah, the next week a playoff preview for our home matchup. Uh, if you imagine haven't gotten your, if you haven't gotten your playoff tickets, I can't imagine there are many left. Although, oh yeah, although with some of the reactions after yesterday's game, I'm sure they're a lot back on the market. They're just selling. <laughs> they're like, ah, forget it. They're not gonna get the playoff game. I don't know. No, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna yeah, be great. Yeah. Great. Next week should be a really fun game. I think we're gonna really go after it and uh, have a lot to prove just within our, for ourselves and for this. Uh, for, to just be in the right mindset going to the playoffs, and um, I think it's gonna be a fun game. Yeah, we can't lose two games going uh ending the season. Yeah, so that'd be a really sucky way to start the season losing two in a row, ending the season losing two in a row. So we can't do that. Jim's gonna have them up. We're gonna play well. Uh, Luke has them winning three one. I've got them winning two zero. So, um, you know it's not gonna be either of those, but hopefully they can win. <laughs> it's still a win. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. All right. See you guys.